you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career show. I am Andy Storch, and I am here to help you figure out where do you want to go in your career, how do you set the right goals and make a plan to get there, and how do you overcome challenges and prepare for the future of work, whatever may come your way. One of my favorite topics to talk about is overcoming adversity. You may hear me talk about from time to time on this podcast and others, uh, turning challenges into opportunities and really developing a resilient mindset so that you can handle just about everything. Because when you set big goals, you're going to run into challenges. Things are probably not going to go perfectly your way. And they might be career challenges. They might be health challenges. They might be personal and relationship challenges. It might have to do with loss in your family. And my guest today is going to talk about dealing with adversity. His name is Lance Isahos, and he is the host of the University of Adversity podcast, which is ranked top 50 on iTunes worldwide and number five in Entrepreneur Magazine's top 20 podcasts that will help you grow in 2020. After a whirlwind of major obstacles, Lance has pivoted his mindset to view adversity as a necessary ally to fulfillment and personal development. Lance now works to foster unity and allying adversity through his podcast, production company, and now an upcoming book all about dealing with adversity. This is one of my favorite topics. I love helping people with this. Uh, Lance has his own unique story of adversity that he's gone through after losing his brother to suicide and his father to cancer and a myriad of other things. And he tells that story in this show, but we also talk about the things he's learned from his guests on the University of Adversity podcast, the commonality uh, that he's noticed with successful people and how they overcome adversity compared with others, and the things we can do to help us ourselves uh, better overcome adversity. Um, If you haven't yet, uh, speaking of overcoming adversity and turning challenges into opportunities, if you haven't gotten a chance to go download it, I have a free resource with the top three questions to ask whenever you face a major challenge. So when you face adversity, ask yourself these three questions to help you reframe the situation. Uh, The questions are, what is great about this? What can I learn from this? And what does this make possible? And you can go grab a download of those in case you didn't get a chance to write those down and other free resources by going to my website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Also get a copy of my book at the website or on Amazon if you haven't gotten it yet. The book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And I talk about overcoming challenges in that book. Although funny enough, when I published the book, I had not yet faced my greatest challenge which was going through testicular cancer uh, earlier this year, and I'm through that now and feeling better. I haven't done an update on that in a while, uh, but <clears throat> feeling great uh, and having more discussions about mindset and overcoming these things. And so I was excited to have this conversation with Lance. All right, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Lance Isahos about overcoming adversity. Enjoy. Hey, Lance, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on, Andy. Uh, really great to have you here. Uh, I know you've got uh, a really great story to to tell, and you've you're kind of on this mission to help so many more people overcome, get through adversity, really be able to follow their dreams and and shift their perspective on adversity. Something that I'm really aligned with. So I'm I'm excited to dig into that. Um, and this all kind of spur spans now from the podcast you run, which is University of Adversity, right? Yeah, I mean I. Um... I have quite a few layers in my story that led me to where I am today. 
And, you know, University of Adversity podcast was just something that has been probably the best decision that I've ever made in starting a podcast. It's been the biggest personal growth tool that I could have possibly imagined. And it's allowed me to really provide a safe container for people to come in, share their stories, and, you know, really pull out the tools, tips, and resources to help somebody that's listening get through what they're going through. A lot of times people are struggling and they just need somebody that they can resonate with, with a message. And, you know, my goal has always been interview a wide range of people. You know, I've had some New York Times bestselling authors, pro athletes, lots of, you know, celebrities, that kind of thing. And all of the all of them have stories, whether you're, and all of them, and it doesn't matter where you're at now, but it matters like the story that you can tell about the journey that you've been through. And that's what I always like to, I like to find out the human behind the success, whatever success means to you. And there's always something deeper. There's always something in common that these people that have been able to get to these levels of success have been able to overcome. And it's really their perspective on the obstacles, the adversity and the challenges that they face, that they are able to get knocked down learn a lesson, pivot, move on and keep going. So I've been really, I've been blessed and really inspired to, to be able to sit in this position and be able to have conversations like this and to be able to be make an impact because as I learn and grow and as I've transformed my life and healed my, through my journey, I've been able to give back and help others, give them some insight into, you know, giving them some, some help, for them to change their life. So yeah, man, it's been, it's been a, a major blessing in my life. No doubt. And I love this. I've been podcasting for, I don't know, four or five years now. And I love the journey and the, the ability to be able to interview and learn from so many people, right. And be able to share that with others. So as you focus in on this topic of adversity, and this is something that affects everybody, right? I mean, everybody faces some type of adversity in their life, um, you know, in different ways, right? What are some, you mentioned you were looking for commonalities and I know you're working on a course and, and more things to help people with this sort of stuff. What are some common themes or some big lessons you've taken away from a lot of the interviews you've done so far? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's like what inspired my book that I'm writing, Mastering Adversity. Mm. It's really understanding that we're on a continual path of growth and I don't think we ever really fully master it. We're mastering as we grow. And I've just learned that the the people that have really you know in air quotes figured it out have just been able to be able to look at the adversity in front of them as just either some sort of game some sort of um the successful people have either seen it as they don't even see adversity as adversity. It's just right. a thing that's part of it. Make it just right? more of like, Hey, this is a challenge I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. This is fun or whatever. And we label these things and they, they limit us by the labels we give them. Adversity yeah. is just a word, but adversity has meaning to it. And it's a block in the road, right? It's an obstacle. It's a challenge that is forcing us to usually reflect on how, you know, our own lives and go, okay, what is this thing in front of me? And I feel like the common the common thing amongst people is that their, their perspective on it, they're able to react. They're able to understand what it is and they're able to react um, accordingly. And they know that on the other side of that is growth, yeah. is a leveling up, 
is part of it. Because when you set your goals big enough, you, you, you know that things are going to challenge you. And when they become just part of it, it's less about labeling and then just more of a dance, you know? And I feel like a lot of really successful people are able to, and when I ask them, you know, what does the word adversity mean to you? It's just like, Oh, it's just, just part of it. I don't really see it like that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting. The perspective. And I, I think the end goal is to really have that perspective as it's just, it just is. Yeah. It's not good nor bad. It's just, it just is. Right. And would we really want it any other way? You know, because yeah. at the other side of that, we always have this sense of accomplishment and that feeling of whether it's overcoming a fear, whether it's overcoming something. And it always gives us that like feeling. So, so although we don't want to be discomfort, we don't want to go through discomfort on the other side of it, we always feel better from it. And we grow. And we grow. The growth comes from being, you know, uncomfortable, getting into things that we haven't done before, scary things, hard things. That's where all the growth comes from. You ask people to go through really challenging situations. And, um, you know, I've had my share um, career-wise and with uh, my health issues over the last year. And, um, you know, I'm, it's like, I wouldn't have wished that on myself or anyone else, but I grew a lot from it. Um, Just earlier today, before I interview you, interviewed a woman who um, lost her husband a few years ago, who was murdered kind of out of nowhere. And, you know, she said, I, of course I want him back. And he, uh, Karen Allen, um, greatly, but I grown so much from this experience, right? And here are all the things I've learned. So mm-hmm. as long as we look at it as an opportunity to grow, there's tons of opportunities there, but I'm sure you've also seen that there's a big difference, right? You, you know, part of your mission is, is shifting people's perspectives on adversity and so many people, uh, kind of adopt this mindset, like you said, you know, a lot of your guests of like, oh, it's just a challenge. It's a game. It's something I've got to adapt to. Like we all have this stuff and I'm just going to deal with it. And that's kind of my mindset on challenges and adversity as well. But obviously there's a lot of people out there who don't see things that way. When they're faced with adversity, they they crumble or, or think like they become a victim or start complaining. Um, you know, why do you think there's such a big difference and how do we help people that, you know, haven't come around yet? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's really been part of my journey is really understanding my past. And, you know, a lot of how we look at the present moment through the lens we look at is defined by our past, Mm. the stories that we tell ourselves. And a lot of times we just relive those stories over and over again. So I would just say to people, get curious on, you know, what story you're living and telling yourself you know, chances are there was some sort of trauma or there's some sort of limited beliefs or there's some something, there's a kink in the timeline that is like got in the way of, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes that's, that's deep, deep work for people. And sometimes it's not that, that hard, but there's a, there's a certain amount of awareness in our stories that we need to look at. And as I've realized throughout my healing journey and really bringing to light the stuff that I've gone through, the stuff that was limiting me, once I start to heal that stuff and really understand that stuff, I get a better understanding for myself and then the path forward gets easier. And, and whatever it comes at me, I see it through a different lens. But a lot of times, it's we allow the, the past to cloud our perspective in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't just, this isn't something that's, you know, a one and done thing. You know, certain people have a deeper story, a deeper background. And um, 
may have to go through a lot more work to eventually, you know, clear out that clutter so that they can see things a little bit differently. But I think that's really the goal is to have a better understanding of ourselves and an acceptance of ourselves. And all of it is part of our journey. And when we can do that, then we realize that what's in the challenge ahead of us is a new challenge. It has nothing to do with the past because we failed, because somebody hurt us, because something happened. That's a great story for the past, but does that serve you now? Right. And I guess it's just getting real clear on like what that thing is that clouds your present moment lens. And that's kind of where I've been working on is, is, is within myself, like getting super clear on what that is and yeah. the stories that I tell myself. Yep. And, you know, we all, we all have those stories and we all, we all, we have all do the past that's influencing, right. How we right. move forward. And I think that a lot of the successful people we admire are people that have been able to reinvent themselves or people that have not let their past dictate their future, right? Like this happened in the past, yeah. but I'm not going to let that scar me from, you know, or, or stop me from pursuing this new dream or this thing that I want to do now. It's fascinating because their level of belief in success is so strong that it's inspiring because people don't just fall into success by accident. They don't. They get their asses kicked and knocked down over and over and over again. And it's the resilience that they build that their goal, their intentions are more important than the story that is not doable. It's really the belief if your belief is stronger than, then anything is possible. Yeah. I'm really learning that. Yeah. Like it's really, it's our choice, right? And you've probably seen it yourself. It's like, it's our choice. Do we believe yep. in ourselves or not? Because nobody's going to believe in us unless we do first. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotta so, ourselves. so I want to ask you, Lance, um, you know, you alluded to some challenges you've been through as well. And I imagine there's, there's probably an impetus for this mission, for this journey, right? What are some of the big challenges that you faced in your own life, adversity that you've gotten through? So I lost my younger brother, my 18 year old brother to suicide and my dad to cancer Mm. within like just over a year back in 2016, 2017. That was kind of like the, the moment where a lot shifted for me. Um, I had to make new decisions before that. um, I was in the bar and restaurant industry for years, living a very toxic lifestyle. That was that was a byproduct of um, some real tough times in my teenage years, a failed hockey career. There's a lot of different layers of my story, a lot of like pain in my teen years that led me to this road of, of um, drinking and trying to figure out who I was after sports. And that's the area I lived for many years in the bar industry. And it was, it was great. I traveled and all that, but um, because of the deep pain I was feeling and, and some real um, family struggle that I was dealing with, I moved away to Australia to kind of get away from all that stuff. And I was really just hiding from my own pain. And alcohol was something that really numbed me. And, you know, when my I lost my brother and my dad, that was kind of like the final thing. And I was like, okay, this we got to make a change here. Um, luckily, the year that my dad had passed, I had stopped drinking six months prior. It was almost like the universe, God, whatever you believe in was preparing me for this. Yeah. It was like, you need to stop this because you have a lot of shit that you're going to have to deal with in six months. 
And that's the way I look at it now. Cause I'm like, wow, why did I quit that six months before? It was just, it's so interesting. Mm. Um, but I developed a lot of skills in that year in 2017 being sober that when my dad passed, it happened so suddenly that if I was in that hole that I was in prior, when my younger brother passed, um, I wouldn't have, I don't know if I could have handled it, you know? So that period of time was, was so vital for me at really making a new decision as to like, what do I really want to do with my life? The bar, the bar industry has been great. It's got me here. It's also been very challenging on my body, but let's, it's time to make a change. So, you know, I, I, I ran a bar sober in 2017 and I really got clear of what sobriety felt like. And I realized that the bar industry just wasn't serving me anymore. Mm. So once I realized that I decided that, you know, I love the aspect of connecting with people. I love that about it. I'm good at that. It's what I need. Yeah. Um, so why not start a podcast? So that's kind of like this, the switch that I was like, I really just wanted to like, make a difference, you know, give back in some way. Cause I just felt like I was, there wasn't a lot that I could really do to add value, but yeah. the podcast was something that I just felt called to do. So there's lots of layers that I've been working through, man. Sure. Like, you know, it's, it's been a real, it's been an ever going ongoing process of, of, of personal growth. And as I, as I learn these things, I like to share them and, you know, with your listeners out there, hopefully they'll get some value from this too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we already are right there. You shared a lot of great value there and, and sharing your story. I'm sure it's something a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, one of the things a lot of people do when they face tough situations or they lose, lose loved ones is to hide, like you said, right? Using alcohol or other things to just kind of cover up the pain and hope it goes away. But these things don't really go away. You've got to be able to kind of address it and deal with it, at least in your own mind for yourself. Right. Um, so, so you got sober what are some other things you learned to help you cope with losing your brother and your father so suddenly, because, you know, so many people lose loved ones and it's so hard to handle. And some people never recover from that. Right. So there, I know there's gotta be things that you can do that can help you not that you're ever going to be over it. Right. But how, what are the things, some things that you learned or you did that really helped you adapt during that time? Well, I, I think it's important for anybody that's been through loss is to, completely acknowledge that what you're feeling is okay. Mm. Feel all the feelings, feel all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all perfect. It's all okay. But what happens is we don't give ourselves the opportunity to feel all the things, right? It's an emotional roller coaster, you know, because you'll feel, you'll feel this guilt that you're like, you, you, you go through these like weird phases I should have done this or I should have done that. Or you'll have a laugh and you're like, I shouldn't be laughing. I lost that person. Like it's a weird, it's a weird balancing act of emotions. And my invitation to anybody that's lost somebody is just be okay with that. Just be okay with how it is. You have to grieve. There's nothing wrong with grieving. Take the time that you need because that'll save you time in the end. And grieving, you can you, you really, I'd really like, encourage journaling, just get that stuff on paper, record it on your own individual, on your own podcast, just to, you don't even have to, you don't have to release it, but get out that stuff, let it breathe, let it get it out there. You know, that's half of it. And nobody has to hear it. Nobody has to read it, burn it, chuck it away, whatever. 
but it's important to reflect your feelings and all of it is perfect. All of it. And, you know, really sit in, in, you know, sit still, meditate. This stuff is important because the first thing people do is they go and they try to fill the void with something, right? Alcohol, food, some sort of addictions. And it's like the worst thing you can do is drink in those moments. And it's easier said than done. Mm. But the like just uh, just really looking at the situation and, and giving it the time that it needs. And then, you know, allowing yourself to move through it at your own pace. There's no rule book on how to grieve properly. There's no right. There's no wrong way. Just be kind with yourself. And I think giving yourself that time making sure that you move your body, move the energy around, you know, maybe think of doing some things like breath work and, you know, you know, physical activity, allow yourself to sweat, allow your body to breathe and, and, you know, put good food in your body. You know, these are the kind of things that all of this stuff is connected to how we feel. So I think it's really important, but the number one thing is just giving it, giving yourself that time and that grace to really feel the loss. You know, I've, and uh, all great advice. And and I've lost, you know, some loved ones over the years. I haven't mm-hmm. ever lost anybody um, to suicide, at least anybody close to me. I would imagine going through that, that there's also that aspect of, you know, you wish you could have saved them or if you only had said something or done oh. something. Right. I know a lot of people go through that when they lose loved ones to suicide. How do you get yourself out of that loop to to stop that as well. Cause I know that could go on forever, man. Thanks for asking that. I think it's such a valuable question and mm. you know, not enough people are like willing to ask those kind of questions. So I thank yeah. you for that. Um, it's something that I still, I still go through. Um, I still feel, even though I know that it doesn't serve me and I know that all of this has happened for a reason, I still feel a sense of guilt around it. Sure. I still feel a sense of man, I wish I would have just been able to have that conversation with him. I wish I had this podcast for him to listen to. I could have saved his ass from making that stupid decision. Yeah. And, you know, we had such a rough, I had such a rough um, teenage years. Cause it was, he was, he was a product of a, a my, my dad married this woman with four kids and she had him. Mm. And it was just this absolute nightmare situation for years she made our life hell for 20 years. Mm. So I was at a point where I just wanted out. I just wanted to get away from this nightmare feeling. And I said to myself, when he turns 18, we're going to sit down. I'm going to tell him what's up. I'm going to tell him the truth. I'm going to be like, this is, this is, you know, all the things this is, you know, and I was always like, when he turns 18, obviously he was 18 when he did it. This never got the opportunity. And that's what, that's what hurts yeah. is that. And that was what led to my dad you know, cause I had to tell my dad the news. My dad was visiting me in Australia. I hadn't seen him in three years. Yeah. And I remember hearing the news at work. My brother, my other brother let me know I had to take, I remember taking the Uber. It was the weirdest Uber ride home. Yeah. I remember thinking like having to tell my dad this, I told my dad this and it was, it was like, it was the sickest feeling that I've ever had to feel. And mm. that literally shifted him and he ended up getting cancer and dying within like a year. And like that, that itself was just so like, it was such a challenging situation. And I don't think you ever really get over that. I just know that I need to cut myself some slack. Cause I was doing my best. Yeah. I was doing my best with what I had. Yeah. And um, I believe he's with me. I believe that there's, 
you know, there's energy there that has allowed me to do what I'm doing now. And yeah. I'm going to continue to do that for the, for, for the, the, the lives out there that might be holding on by the string and they hear something and it shifts them, yeah. you know, that's, that's really what it's about. So yeah, it's, it's challenging, man. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really interesting, it's an interesting situation to deal with. It's never going to go away, I'm sure. But I, I thank you for sharing that because other people need to hear those stories. And, um, you know, like I said, I haven't dealt with suicide, but um, about a decade ago, my wife's cousin, who was, uh, we were very close with, uh, was murdered uh, by her boyfriend. And um, it was one of the hardest experiences of our lives. And I also, you know, got to share that news with people in our family and make that phone call. And it was, you know, one of the hardest in my life. And I still, you know, get tear up just, just thinking about it. Um, and that's also one of those things where like, you wish you would have done more to somehow, cause everybody, no one liked that guy. Right. And it was like, I kept telling her you shouldn't be with that guy. Um, but there's nothing we could do. Right. Just like, there's nothing you could do. Um, all we can do is accept the situation. The other th interesting thing is, and, you know, we talk more about this when we go on your show, but I dealt with cancer this year and um, I delved into a lot of research on cancer. And there's a lot of research um, connecting people getting cancer from going through traumatic events, you know, like mm -hmm. what your father experienced. And it can be a direct cause, mm -hmm. uh, which is all the more reason to develop the mindset to be able to handle adversity and big challenges when it comes your way. Because if you don't, if you can't, um, it's not just your mind. It can have adverse impact on your entire health, right? Completely. We're all energy, you know, the, the, this, if, it, if you don't learn to manage that energy, it manifests in ways that we, it makes total sense, you know, like it's, that's why it's so important to be mindful of that stuff. And, um, I, I think that, you know, as science, people are learning that they're, it's connected a lot, you know, like there's, that stress that I think stress is so underrated with what it can do to our bodies. Mm. Like I think we don't think cause we can't see it that it doesn't have the impact that it does, but it does. Yeah. And stress is stress is the worst. <laughs> I can believe it's the worst thing for our bodies. Yeah. And we don't really, we don't really understand it as right. deeply as we probably could. I shifted my perspective on stress a few years ago when I heard I was at a uh, seminar that Tony Robbins was running and he said something that stuck with me, uh, which is what stress, stress is what ambitious people uh, call fear. So it's really just fear. You're afraid of something, losing your job, not being enough, whatever it may be. Uh, and you, you call it stress, but really yeah. it's fear and, and it, it keeps growing if you don't address it in some way or another. Yeah. And it's a label you, 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 decide to put it as right that's such yeah. a that's a good point because it is that's what it is it's a fear yep right whether you're i'm stressed at work work is so stressful well, why is it stressful well you're afraid that you're not delivering enough doing enough and therefore your boss is going to fire you right or the company's going to yeah. let you go right yeah. or you're not going to be you're not going to meet expectations. my relationship my marriage is stressful why because you know i'm afraid that my wife doesn't love me or she's going to leave me or whatever it is you know um you know my i'm a parent and parenting can be really stressful. And part of it is like the fear that I'm not doing this right. I'm not handling yeah, this the right way. So My true. kids, right? Yeah. That's, that's all kind of behind it. Um, there's always fear behind a lot of these things. That's why I'm, I'm so big too on developing, shifting your perspective, developing this right mindset. Um, and you talked about kind of shifting that perspective and making it more of like a challenge. One of the other great things that can come from these 
adverse situations, they can also become great learning opportunities, right? So I imagine you've had your own experience, maybe learned from, heard from guests uh, about great lessons that have come out of, uh, of adversity as well, right? Oh, man, there's so many. And, you know, even, you know, from that and just the entrepreneurial journey, the podcast journey, just get your ass kicked. You just get, there's so much stuff that you just got to be able to be resilient. You know, you have to be. You almost, you don't deserve to be successful if you can't be resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, it's like a byproduct of you, you, you have to be willing to bounce back no matter what, because there's always going to be somebody that you're comparing yourself to. You're always going to feel like you're not good enough or you're not doing enough or you're not this or you're not that, or there's always something. And that developing that resilience muscle is so important. And that's really the main lesson is it, it's like belief and resilience. It's um, cause if you, if what you do matters enough, you'll figure it out no matter how what, do we, how do we, how do we develop that resilience? Are people listening thinking like, okay, I'm not, I, I agree with you. I believe it, but I've got challenges coming it? my way. Like how, how do I build more of a resilient mindset? I think it's just repetition. Mm-hmm. You know, you get beat up, you just get back up. I mean, and that's getting clear enough on your attention. Like if you're, if you're clear on where you want to go, then no matter what, if it knocks you down, you're going to get back up. But if you're not, if it's not important enough, then you're not, you're going to quit. That's the, that's why it's so deep to have your intention and your why so deep, because if it is deep enough and it's in your heart and your soul and it matters, then you're going to do what it takes. I think it's there. That's the thing. People aren't, people aren't invested enough in what they want to do. So they allow things to knock them down. Hmm. It's not easy. This isn't an easy process, but it doesn't have to be hard either. It just has to be like, if what you're doing matters enough, then you're going to get back up. Right. Like you're just, it just is part of it. And from as the people you interview and, you know, as people start to learn, you listen to enough stories and you realize that, success comes from like constant failure over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and failure has this weird, this weird feeling around it. Like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But it's just feedback. It's like, Oh, this didn't work. Just keep going. Right. Failure is and, feedback. We learn and grow from the experience. It's funny that you mentioned that about, um, you know, you need to have that, that kind of, you know, I call it the why or the purpose, right? Behind what you're doing. You said, if you're not invested enough, you get knocked down, but when you, what you do matters, you know, you get back up. And I was just interviewed last night for this uh, show. It was actually in this clubhouse room with a bunch of people. And I was talking about early in my career, really in my childhood, my teen, my, my twenties, I quit a lot of stuff. And I started some businesses in my twenties and I quit all of it. Nothing worked out. And it was very different mindset from where I am now running the business I do today. And, you know, someone, they asked me why, you know, why do you think you quit those things earlier and you have so much resilience now? And I said, the biggest difference is I just didn't really believe that much in what I was doing. Mm. before. I didn't have that determination. I didn't have that why behind it. I was just trying to make money, just trying to figure stuff out. And now I'm so passionate about what I do. Like nothing can stop me. Right. I mean, I'm going to run into challenges, but I'm going to keep going. Whereas early, you know, I was just quitting so many, like I'd run into adversity and it's like, well, I don't know why I'm doing this. So I'll just stop and go do something else. And that's the majority of people. That's the majority of people. Everybody's like, they just quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like everybody quits everything so fast. 
we live in this like instant gratification society where if it's like you don't everybody wants shortcuts nobody wants to put in the long the long work and would you say that belief what would you say is the most important thing with people you know becoming successful what would you say is that trait that they have i i think it's related to all this i i would i mean there's so many different things right but i think you know having that strong belief that vision for where they want to go what they want to do is really big um i'm also really big on growth mindset and i think a lot of people have that where you know challenges are are simply that that you know there is no failure there's only learning uh opportunities right and so you don't worry as much about failure. You just kind of go from thing to thing. Like, I'm going to try this. It doesn't work out. I'll get up and go do something else. Um, that just makes it so much easier versus, you know, I think early on in my career, I was operating with more of a fixed mindset of like, I'm not good at something. If I fail at something, I'm not good at it. So I should go try something else versus that like growth mindset now that like, if I try something, it doesn't work. Like, okay, I tried it. What did I learn? Um, you know, let, let's go do something differently. That's, that's a big shift. Uh, that I made and, you know, I want a lot of other people to make. I mentioned that in my book and I know you, you talk about mindset a lot as well. It's a big one. Yeah. This is a question I like to ask people too. And maybe you, I'd love to hear your answer. Um, when do you know when it's, you know, it's a hump in the road mm-hmm. and it's like, I got to go through this. And when is it time to pivot? Like, when is that time where you're like, all right, this isn't working or this is working this is just an obstacle. This is just adversity or like how many times you fail before you pivot onto something else. This is the yeah. thing that I love to ask people sometimes is like, that's, when, that's, what, yeah. When does that hit? That's a great question. Um, and that's kind of like we have to balance our, and I love how you turn this around, right? We're both podcasters. You're like, let me start interviewing you now on your show, right? Uh, I do this all the time too. It's so funny. Um, but it's a great question, right? Cause I'm sure a lot of people listening wonder that too. Like I've got these, these, goals for my career. I want to start this business and I keep trying these things and it's not working out. Um, you know, what point do you pivot or throw in the towel? I think you've got to do some self-reflection and and ask yourself, like, how much do you care about this? How much do you believe in this? And are you willing to spend the next three to five years trying to make it happen? Or if it, is it just like, ah, it would have been nice, but like, I'm happy to do something else. And I think the other factor is it's so important to get feedback from other people, right? To have mentors, coaches, friends around you, not just anybody, but people that you can trust that truly believe in you and are supportive of your dream. But at some point can say like, Hey, you know, I know you keep, I know you really want to do this, but you know, I know you want to be a professional hockey player, but like you're 35 now. And like, it's probably not going to, yeah. it's probably not going to work out. Like maybe you should go do something else. Um, don't want to kill your dreams. Like if you want to keep going out there and skating, like by all means. And I just use that. Cause you said earlier that, you know, you want to be a professional hockey player, but you know, one of the examples I always give is like my dream growing up was to be a professional baseball player. Mm. And I didn't have enough of a determination and a why behind it to put in extra effort when I was, uh, when I was like 13 or 14 and I didn't persevere through the first through challenges or work hard enough. And I didn't achieve that, that dream. And mm. I think people should, you know, can follow your dreams at all ages of life, but now I'm 41 there is 0% chance of me going back and becoming a professional, professional baseball player now. Right. So I've got to work on other dreams. So, you know, we do need to be realistic about it, but at the same time, I think people also have more time than they think to to go out and try stuff. I agree. I I think, and that's the thing, a lot of, a lot of kids don't learn the lesson when there's that opportunity in front of them. I just thought like when I was going to play sports, 
that it was always going to be like that. And that window of opportunity is so small that it just changes so quickly. And unfortunately, a lot of kids aren't focused enough. And I was so deep into sports. It took my entire life. So when alcohol and partying got added in in my late teens, it was just like, as you start to get to a higher level, you get more attention from girls and partying. And it was just like a, it's like a recipe for disaster, right? You just Mm -hmm. fall off track. That's the, that's the slim, that's the game of inches, right? That's what makes somebody get professional versus not. It's such a slim margin of error. How dedicated are you at 17, 18, 19, 20? Are you willing to ignore all the temptation for what's ahead? Or are you, you wanting to jump in? And that's the thing is like, I got distracted and most people, they only see the fun that's around them. They don't see the far vision of what, you know, making it can actually bring. And that's just, that's just the way it is. And unfortunately, we don't know those skills at teenage years. You know, some of us don't learn them until we're in our thirties, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And that, that determination, it makes such a big difference. You reminded me, I don't know if you watched um, the, uh, the series on Netflix, the last dance about Michael. Oh my and the, Chicago Bulls. The, the best, the best documentary series or whatever you call it I've ever seen yeah. in my life. So good. Right. But it reminded me when Michael Jordan got drafted by the Chicago Bulls and joined the team in 1984, it was like they were a bad team. They were a bunch of partiers. They were just smoking and drinking everywhere they went, right? And he came in and was like, no, I'm not participating in this. I am I am focused on getting better at basketball and winning a championship at all costs, whatever it takes. And, you know, he stayed that way with that singular focus throughout his career. I mean, they showed, I mean, he did a little partying, right? And he he did some, some drinking and, and smoking cigars later on, but he didn't get sucked into the party culture because he was so focused on, success in basketball and, and it's hard to withstand that stuff i mean that's part of adversity as well it's like mm. you're dealing with the peers around you that are maybe trying to drag you in one direction when you want to go in another direction and i wanted to ask you before we wrap up a, a more of a career related question as we're going there and and you know maybe part of it is how do you make the decision to either follow your dream or do something different when other people are trying to encourage you to to not do that and so you know example perfect example, I think, is you were working in the food and beverage industry, like bars and restaurants, and made a decision that I need to get away from this. I'm sure your whole social network at the time was in that industry and and would be saying, hey, no, stay here. This is where you need to be. Um, But you had to go against that grain and go find something else. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of my life. I've been ever since hockey ended, I was told to do all these things. I was told to go get a degree at university because everyone is doing that. And at the time, all the baby boomers were retiring from trades. So everything in my high school was about getting a trade, going and being electrical or construction or roofing, whatever it is. That was the thing because there was all, there's this big gap of retired baby boomers. So there was all this work. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that I want to do that. Like I admire anybody that does that work. That's great. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I'm not just going to do it because there's demand. There's a reason there was a demand. Like there was something that didn't sit right with me. So there's always been pressure from my, my, my family, especially my dad before he passed around, like, what am I doing with my life? And one thing I always was good at was following what felt right in my heart. And at the time it was hard because like, if I was dating somebody or in relationships, I'd have to have these uncomfortable conversations about how I'm not going to university, how I'm not doing this. Like, why aren't you doing, why aren't you getting a career? And at the time I just wasn't for me at the time I needed to travel. I needed to do this stuff. And the bar industry took me on a ride. 
And it allowed me, it opened up a lot of doors for me. And if I didn't listen to that at the time, I wouldn't have had all the opportunities that I have now. So when the time came for me to hang up the skates on, let's say, hang up the bar, the, you know, the bar, uh, the bar shoes, <laughs> mm. it was just, uh, it was like a whisper that I listened to. And I really tell people the that's your intuition. And not all of us can go and quit our jobs and go follow our passion but I really believe following our passion is really the most important thing. Do what you can to fund your passion until your passion can be your thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, like that's, that's always been something that has been important to me is if it doesn't feel right, I don't do it and agree with me or not. It's, it's always been something that has led me to, to the right person, the right opportunities, because I'm honoring what feels right, not because somebody else is telling me to do it. I haven't been perfect with that, but I've done my best to really pay attention to that. And when I pay attention to that, the right opportunities show up, the right people, the right scenarios, whatever else and life unfolds. So yeah, and it's, it's important to really get clear on why you're doing stuff and to follow your heart, do your best to follow your heart. And I think that'll take you on the path that you're meant to be. Love it. That's a uh, great advice to go out on. Uh, one more question for you, Lance. Um, my book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and this podcast is called Own Your Career. When you hear that, what does that make you think of? What, what goes through your mind? Own your career. I love that. I just think it's like, have just be completely empowered with whatever you do. You know, owning your career is empowerment and, you know, empowering others empowering others to do the same. And I think if we fully empower, we embrace all the things that we're doing and we fully empower, get empowered ourselves, gives permission for others around us to be empowered. And I think that's the way we make change in this world too, is stop focusing on what everybody else is doing and pointing fingers and really focus on what we're doing and own ourselves, our lives, our careers. And doing that gives permission to people around us to do the same. And yeah, it's, it's really just, yeah, I think empowering, being, getting empowered and doing whatever it takes to be empowered in your career. Love it. Uh, we are so aligned on that. Well, Lance, this has been great for anybody listening uh, who wants to get in touch with you. Uh, I know you've got the University of Adversity podcast. Where else can they go to follow you? I'll make it super simple. Just go to my Instagram, lance.esios. You can connect with me there and you can go to the website and all the stuff is there. I'm going to follow you right now. All right. Thanks so much, Lance, for coming on. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Andy. Loved it. Have a great day, brother. All right. Take care. All right. That will do it for my conversation with Lance Isahos about overcoming adversity. Uh, Go check him out on social media. He mentioned uh, his Instagram uh, in there. And uh, he's got, I think, a book and a course coming up on overcoming adversity. So keep an eye out for that. And as I mentioned, I talk in my book, uh, as you may know, about Uh, things you can do to overcome challenges and turn challenges into opportunities. And if you didn't get a chance, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have a free download for you of the three questions to ask anytime you face a major challenge. These questions have served me well uh, through moving conferences, uh, overcoming cancer, and all kinds of other things. And I continue to ask them of friends when challenges come up. In fact, I used them this week with uh, a friend who had a major challenge in her personal life and helped reframe. So go grab those by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus, and I will see you next time.